0: Welcome to the Darkened Doorway Podcast, your doorway to everything crimey, murdery, and weird. Hi, Darklings, and welcome back. Today, we're going to finish off the story of Melissa Caddick and her strange disappearance. Shall we jump right into it? I think so.
1: All right. Let me take you back to where we left off last time. Charlotte, remember we were using a fake name for her just to protect her because she's one of the victims. She was on point when it came to her dental care and had sought the services of an endodontist, which from what I understand is a specialist who focuses on root canals and the like. My favourite. Yeah. So while she was sitting in the waiting room, she did what many people might do and started a conversation with another patient to pass the time. Now these two had never met before, but during their conversation with the other patient, and let's call her Maeve because she was one of the victims too, she mentioned to Charlotte that she had given a significant amount of money to a financial advisor, a uh, Miss Melissa Caddick, who she'd met while skiing in Aspen earlier in the year. What are the chances of these two
0: meeting? Oh, I know, it's crazy. It's such a small world. Mm. So naturally, this set Charlotte's alarm bells off. She said Mm -hmm. that she wanted to warn her, but Maeve was then called into her appointment. But thankfully, Charlotte was determined and left a message with the dental receptionist to get her to make contact, and the two actually ended up meeting later that day.
1: So of course, after Charlotte's little chat about Melissa, Maeve was pretty shook up and very worried about her money, since she now knew that Melissa was unlicensed and also fraudulently using another person's details. Fraudulently? Fraudulently. There we go. I struggle with the word. She was then determined to get her money back ASAP. I don't blame her. She must have broken out in a cold sweat. Oh yes, this was her life savings. So luckily, she was able to get Melissa to refund her $2.5 million plus the profit of $382,000 when she told Melissa a lie of her own where she needed the money back to buy a property. Melissa had kind of tried to convince her out of this too. She tried to work her magic, but luckily Maeve was clued up. Mm, Smart lady. Mm Mm-hmm. So Melissa possibly thought this was a smart move to give the money back to her, including the profit. Maybe she thought that maybe Maeve would be impressed and come back to her again, or she knew that the time was coming close and that she didn't want anyone to look too deeply.
0: Yeah, maybe. Now this chance meeting really ended up biting Melissa in the butt because by the 14th of September, Maeve was talking with ASIC about the whole deal. Now, the ASIC investigation into Melissa truly began days before this on the 18th of September 2020. This investigation was led by project manager Isabel Allen. She had joined the ASIC investigation department just a few months before in March 2020, so this is a pretty big case considering. Mm -hmm. But it seems she was on the ball having put together a lot of the pieces of Melissa's activities and formed the view that not only was Melissa acting without a license, but that everything she was doing was also completely fraudulent. Information gathered from banks and investors indicated that Miss Kadic had never transferred her clients' funds into trading accounts and had never engaged in trading on their behalf and had used their money for her personal benefit. Hmm. On the 9th of September, ASIC applied for a search warrant which was granted under the Crimes Act on Melissa's home safety deposit boxes on her person and it also allowed them to put a freeze on her bank accounts. The search warrant was executed by the Federal Police, as it was under the Federal agent Amelia Griffin's name. Now, I have to say the Federal Police appear to have been really respectful with this search, allowing her son to make sure he was able to go off to school okay, and searching the cars first so he was able to be actually driven there. They allowed him to have breakfast, by searching the dining area early and then the full search team only arrived once he'd been taken to school so they were actually quite considerate about it so at 6 7 am on the 11th of november 2020 federal agent amelia griffin in the company of seven afp officers which for non-australians is the australian federal police banged loudly on the front of melissa and anthony's door she called out police search warrant and shortly after a shocked melissa answered The search took place in the early hours to make sure Melissa was home, which meant that they could get her devices off her and search them and took away a few for further investigation.
1: So this is like her mobile phone and stuff.
0: Yeah, and her laptop and stuff she might take with her to work. She was also handed a copy of the search warrant and a document outlining her rights, which while she was reading these, more officers actually came to assist with that search.
1: It must have been so intimidating.
0: Yeah, her whole house would have been full by that time. Yeah.
1: Well, it was a very big house, so maybe not. It might have been just the living area. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, having all of those uniformed officers turning up and going through all of your personal
0: stuff would be so invasive and disempowering. Oh, yeah, it would be terrible. And they're not nice with your stuff either. Like, they actually will throw it around because, you know, search warrants. Mm.
1: Maybe not the fancy jewellery stuff. You wouldn't
0: want to scratch it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. The Caddick home and cars were thoroughly searched, and by the end of the day, heaps of designer clothes, expensive jewellery and cash in different currencies had been seized. The search of the premises and the cars was completed at 12.25 p.m. with the digital search of all of Melissa's computers going on until 6.22 p.m. By the time the search was completed, six AFP agents, five ASIC officers and two forensic computer
0: specialists had been involved in the search and a partridge in a pear tree sorry (laughs) that was beautiful (laughs) that may be cut
1: (laughs) yeah apparently while this was happening melissa and anthony were both present and were often seen outside in their backyard drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes melissa even had a protein shake melissa even
0: had a protein shake at one point you know got to keep your protein up it seems like the officers did make a lot of accommodations for the cadets during this search. But several months later, her family, in particular Anthony and her mother Barbara, did claim that Melissa was mistreated by officers and actually went so far as to directly blame the ASIC project manager for her supposed death. Was Barbara in the house during this search, though? Mm-mm, no, no, it was just Anthony and Melissa. Okay, so maybe she was more just upset about the whole situation.
1: Maybe, maybe. I think they also went after them financially too. They were blaming the um, ASICs for it and wanted Uh, to go after them financially. So these are people that are pretty desperate at this point because they're not going to have all of their money either.
0: Yeah. I guess their retirement's looking very different at this point to what they're expecting. Very, very different.
1: Okay. So I do have to tell you about Anthony's very touching song uh, that he wrote about this whole experience um remember he's a dj and you know music man you know he's legit he also got himself into quite a bit of trouble for this because he makes all sorts of claims in the song about how melissa was mistreated and how they got there (laughs) at 5am which they didn't Uh, he also mimics the ASIC officers, saying this is so funny like there's this piece (laughs) in the song where he goes yeah we don't have any proof but we'll get it soon like and the beginning okay. of the song starts with him snoring and then knocking on the door open up it's police and these funny voices being used it's <laughs> yeah i'll sing it for you
0: it's a beautiful song mm, okay. yeah <laughs> okay but wait <laughs> it's, it's seriously interesting <laughs> okay but wait up one of the lines is fabulous though you don't have to stay, Mr. Coletti. We're going to turn your wife's head into spaghetti. <laughs> duh, duh, yeah, duh, duh. yeah, it's uh, it's spectacular. I'm really glad he's a hairdresser as well.
1: Why? <laughs> well, just I'm not sure if that's quite M standard. Nah, I'm putting it straight on my play playlist right now. Like, yeah, no, I'm not. It's no, no, no. <laughs> Not it's not not because it's not good or anything. It's just not my style of music.
0: yeah, yeah, same. that's that's why. So Anthony, he um also
1: makes some very interesting comments through some of his uh, interviews as well, which happens you know just after um, after this investigation. Um, and after Melissa goes missing, which we're about oh. to get to, but uh, this is too good to to leave because remember the foot. Anyway, he makes an interesting statement about how Asics had taken all of Melissa's receipt and computer stuff, and that there was no way that she'd be able to defend herself because she wouldn't have a
0: foot to stand on. Isn't the saying, wouldn't have a leg to stand on? It's not... Hmm. Yeah. I'm like, I was thinking that's not the saying, the saying is you don't have a leg to stand on. It's not... a foot to stand on. Interesting. That's Mm -hmm. really
1: Mm. interesting. And I don't know if this is before or after the foot was found either. So I'm just, you know, just putting it out there that some people had made some interesting though, you know, interesting observations about this. I'm not because I wouldn't do
0: that, but other people have made, you know. mm, No, mm, Mm. those people. people. So at 6.49pm on the night of the search, Melissa called a legal firm called Armstrong Legal and made an appointment for the following day at 10am. She then jumped online, paid an online deposit for her appointment, and according to this booking, she was seeking advice and representation urgently regarding the rate on her house and the requirement to provide documentation and attend court on the 13th of November, 2020. She then canceled an appointment with her physiotherapist that she had for the next day. At 10.33am on the 12th of November, 2020, The staff at Armstrong Legal called Melissa's mobile because she had not shown up for her appointment. This call went unanswered and as did the text messages they sent. So then, on the 13th of November, Melissa was actually meant to attend the federal court. With her hearing starting at 9.49, Anthony called into the hearing and soon discovered that his wife had not attended. That's an interesting recording, that one.
1: What? You mean Melissa's not there? (laughs) Anyway... Anthony then rang Federal Agent Griffin and said that he hadn't heard from his wife since 5.30 a.m. the morning prior. He was then advised to contact the local police, family and friends. He didn't report her missing for 30 hours. He said that he thought that he had to wait 24 hours before reporting.
0: Like, that's a pretty common misconception, though. Like, if you watch all the Hollywood, you know, representations of TV and someone going missing, they say that a lot so I kind of can get behind that a little bit yeah no I 100% I thought that you had to wait 24 hours as well
1: so yeah but what he did next um, he drove around his local area in his Audi with all the windows down playing his beautiful music uh, that he'd written prior uh, in the hope to draw out the you know Melissa from hiding from the local area
0: with his beautiful music. How how does that work? Does he like like? I'm sorry. He was gonna draw her out with his music. Could she <laughs> be like, like the music? It calls to me. me. Sorry. <laughs> no,
1: I think what he was thinking, and this is what he said. <laughs> he actually said that he thought that she was so um like she might have been so discombobulated. It's not the word he used, but that. He'd draw her out like, you know, a bit of the Pied Piper, <laughs> letting her know that it was safe to come out and it was him and only him. So,
0: you know. That is an interesting search tactic. Yes. Yes. So not calling out her name, just playing music and she would know instinctively that that was his music. So he might have called out a name. I, I don't know. But
1: there was very loud no. music. And I'm just thinking <laughs> okay. like if... The neighbors had have complained about that very loud music and the weirdo driving around in the bright blue Audi. Um, then maybe the search would have started much much sooner too, because
0: that's true. That's that's a lot. <laughs> I don't really get that though. That raises a lot of questions for me. Like, why hadn't he noticed that she was missing earlier? Like, I call my husband before I go to sleep, or especially before a scary thing like attending a federal court as a defendant. And um, why didn't he start by calling the family and friends?
1: He never did. Like he seriously, during that period of time that she'd gone missing, he didn't call family and friends at all. Not even her, the worker either, the admin person. Isn't that the first place you look? 100%. But, you know, that's that's where I would look anyway. And they did say that they did think that maybe Anthony didn't do that because he was a little bit fearful of getting in trouble from Melissa too from the way you know their relationship was he was fearful to act so he didn't he didn't act the family didn't even know that she'd been raided either or that she was under question maybe because they were the victims Mm. but you know that is crazy
0: That would have been Mm. an awkward conversation.
1: So apparently she did say she was going to see a lawyer in the city on the 12th and she was potentially staying in a hotel overnight so she could go to court in the morning. But yeah, it is a bit odd.
0: Yeah, it's super weird.
1: Well, it gets a bit weirder. So Anthony called the Rose Bay local police station and told them that Melissa was missing, telling the police that she'd left the previous morning in her gym clothes. The police advised he sounded calm and insisted he didn't have time to come down to the station to make a report. He was a bit busy. Okay.
0: That is weird.
1: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So Anthony's report, not sure if they eventually managed to get him to come down to the station or not. It sparked a huge police search covering land, air and sea with no signs of Melissa turning up or contacting her family or friends. Some interesting stuff came out of these searches. Police gathered a ridiculous amount of CCTV footage to see if they could track where Melissa went. But interestingly, it wasn't what the police saw on the footage that was of interest to them, but rather what wasn't there because there was
0: no footage of Melissa at all. The CCTV footage wasn't working in Melissa's house because ASIC had taken the hard drive and so it wasn't recording. I wonder if Melissa took
1: advantage of this fact at all. But it's weird that there wasn't other, like the neighbours all would have had
0: CCTV footage, surely, in um, Dover Heights. You would think. So the police also interviewed all of Melissa's investors to see if they had any ill intentions towards her and may have harmed her, but this also turned up no leads. Due to all the media attention this case got, police received numerous reports regarding Melissa sightings and possible leads. But despite police following these up, nothing was to come of them.
1: Okay, there was also a claim that Melissa's phone had pinged near Sydney Airport after her disappearance, but I don't get that because I thought that she'd left her phone at home. Ooh. But remember, though, that she'd used private planes mm. before and she was apparently learning to
0: fly, so. And if, like, just hypothetically, if you were leaving the country, I would probably leave my phone at home because of ping. That would make sense. Not saying that's what happened at all. I'm just, I'm just thinking.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So also there, there seems to be some discussion about that she may have known that the raid was coming as well. Anthony sort of claimed that there was like 30 people, I like that like, 30 people that knew beforehand, like <laughs> people in the street. And also Melissa had been using shredding companies too. Uh, she hired this oh. company called ShredX and the reason why investigators know about this is because ShredX called afterwards and said that she'd owed them money lots and lots of money
0: (laughs) I feel like that's one she should have paid
1: company yeah I think so
0: (laughs) she'd also this is
1: a weird one too she'd thrown out a whole bunch of box shoes a few nights before and the neighbors found them in the bin they were all in their perfectly labeled shoe boxes too so in the
0: bin I, I don't know why you would throw out all these beautiful shoes but anyway she did Maybe maybe if she had the shoes they thought that maybe that was outside of her, you know, ability to finance. So she got rid of those small amount of shoes and that would fix it.
1: <laughs> I maybe. Know. All better. All better. <laughs>
0: all better. I also want to point out too that Anthony and Melissa got matching toe tattoos earlier in the year. Yes.
1: This woman was a meticulous planner. She would have had to have had an out, like you would think it doesn't make sense to me that she wouldn't have planned yeah so ASICs had put a freeze on her accounts and on travel the day before but this wouldn't have stopped a cashed up melissa do private jets always lodge all of their flight and passenger details Mm. i have questions (laughs) and there was a safe deposit box that was raided and it had a macbook with a post note on it that said today is going to be a good day That's a bit odd. And there were thousands of dollars of foreign currency there too in this safe deposit box. How many other safe deposit boxes do you think
0: that she might have had? I would love to know. Maybe in some of her investors' names that they didn't even know about because she had all of their details too to set up accounts and stuff. And she forged her husband's dad's Justice of the Peace signature.
1: Yeah, this is one resourceful woman.
0: On the 21st of February 2021, there was the first break in an otherwise pretty lacking search. Those teens discovered that human foot in a sneaker on the far south coast beach. It was a fancy Asics sneaker, imported from Israel we later discovered. Three months after Melissa went missing, these environmentally minded campers almost threw out the shoe as one of them flipped it over to chuck it in the bin. He noticed some flesh and bones dropping out and called the police. (laughs) Oh, gross. (laughs) That's, ugh.
1: <laughs> the smell wouldn't yeah. have been amazing either no no it would not interestingly around the same time more human remains were found in the same area including a torso that had a belly button plus some other bones but unfortunately the torso belonged to a missing scuba diver and the bones were animal bones DNA confirmed that the flesh found in the shoe belonged to Melissa Caddick. So this beach is 400 kilometres from Melissa's Dover Heights home and it
0: is three months later that this shoe is found. This beach also just happens to be the beach that Melissa visited on a school excursion when she was young. dinks?
1: I think not. (laughs) So let's talk about goose barnacles
0: and floating shoes and sea currents
1: and decomposition.
0: So there is a section of waterways near Vancouver that has had about 15 to 20 shoes with human feet wash up for years and years. And because so many were turning up, they actually did a bunch of research into it. They discovered that in 2007, sneaker designs changed significantly and became really floaty. So when bodies fell into the ocean through misadventure or suicide or, you know, mob stuff, what, nothing anyway, (laughs) they tend to sink initially. But then they get munched on and beaten around on the ocean floor with the currents. The crabs and other critters tend to focus on the soft bits first and the feet float up a bit with the sneaker strapped on and the ankles are a weak point. They tend to give way at that ankle point and then the shoes with the feet inside float up to the surface. While they're on the bottom of the ocean, different things start to grow at different rates. And then when they are floating on the surface, other species colonize them, such as goose barnacles. And they grow at a particular rate too, so you can actually tell how long and where the foot has been. Yeah, science. Science is amazing. Science, bitches.
1: (laughs) This is really important in Melissa's case, as the foot was quite decomposed, but there were only a few young goose barnacles on the shoe, so it's thought that it had only been floating on the surface for about three days. Maybe the foot was caught on something in deeper part of the ocean and only floated to the top just before it was found? The coroner's report via an Ocean Current expert suggests that it was possible that Melissa committed suicide by jumping into the ocean near her Dover Heights property, and it is plausible that her foot took three months to make it 400 kilometres to the beach. It also says that it's unlikely her foot was cut off surgically because she wouldn't have survived the infection or blood loss, but the foot was too decomposed to conclusively rule this out.
0: Yeah, and it's not like she would have had money to pay a surgeon privately to do this or anything like that. Um, so <coughs> 3D printing great prosthetic feet, what? That's not what the
1: coroner's report said. Stick to the facts. No, it's not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, hey, I'm just I'm just saying what people are thinking.
1: Well, yeah, you can read them all on the internet There are so many conspiracy
0: theories out there there are so many and i understand where those theories come from because there's a lot of confusion about all of this and why it took so long and i also noted in the coroner's report there actually wasn't a lot of um that that kind of wildlife effect from deep oceans that you would expect to see yeah, the shoes were pretty clean, weren't they, except for these very young goose barnacles. It was very interesting. And the breakdown as well. was It was all very interesting. And I just, I kind of wonder if perhaps more interesting things were happening than it just took taking four months to travel 400 kilometers. Mm-hmm. So
1: what part of you would you surrender if you needed to make yourself look
0: unalive? This was a question posed by some people shortly after the foot was found. Just, you know. Well, it depends, I guess it depends on how much you need to look unalive. <laughs> but not saying that that's happened here. No, no, we wouldn't say that. There is a huge fight now over the assets and Melissa's family and husband are doubling down trying to save themselves from financial ruin and homelessness, as you can imagine. But the administrators are trying to get as many assets liquidated to try and give the victims at least some of their life savings back. There is even a lawsuit against ASICS for not acting on the earlier complaint to try and get some money back, also for the victims.
1: Melissa has been declared officially deceased, and we'll leave that just hanging there for contemplation. Would this immensely proud, supposedly narcissistic sociopath end her own life? Do you think maybe someone took revenge? Or do you think she planned for worst case scenarios and is sitting on a beach somewhere with a new face and fake foot stroking her argyle diamonds, doing snow angels in piles of foreign currency?
0: That is an amazing
1: image in my head right now. I just want to give a huge shout out to a podcast called Liar Liar. Oh my goodness. It deep, 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 deep dives into Melissa Caddick and the mystery surrounding her death there's 10 episodes and it's amazing stuff we will pop the link to the podcast and the coroner's report and some other great resources on our facebook page there'll be a lovely photo of the ASIC sneaker found on the beach too and it wouldn't be complete without some of the photos of her extravagant
0: jewelry and other amazing assets girl had style now, if any of the topics we've discussed today have perhaps been a bit much, please reach out to your local healthcare providers and if you're in Australia, beyond blue. If you have any information about Melissa Caddick and the circumstances of her death, please contact Crime Stoppers on 1800 333 000. Until next time, Darklings.
1: Bye, bye, bye.
0: Fabulous.